now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day, another great week, in fact, in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great week for change, historic events happening around us. A change in what regard? Well, remember, we have been waiting and waiting for the announcement of uh, President Biden that he is going to be running for re-election. He is, and that announcement is scheduled to come out tomorrow. But that comes out at a time when there is reason to believe that uh, there will be challengers, uh, that it will not be simply a glide path to the nomination for President Biden. The leading newspapers in the world, uh, including the New York Times, which is very pro-Biden, and the Wall Street Journal, uh, are all writing about the age issue and uh, Joe Biden. And suddenly there's even some votes that have appeared in two different polls. And when I say some votes, more than 10 percent for Robert Kennedy Jr., who is, of course, a vaccine extremist, is best known for that. But uh, amazing that in one poll, the poll by Suffolk University and USA Today, he's getting 14 percent already. And he just launched his campaign challenging Joe Biden. Meanwhile, uh, no challenge to Tucker Carlson, but a termination and apparently a termination without warning. And that's over at Fox News and over at another news work, the termination of Don Lemon. Uh, what is going on? Does this have something to do or everything to do with the monster settlement of $787.5 million? Almost, <laughs> I, I mean, it's really astonishing. It's almost a billion dollars settlement from uh, Fox News to Dominion Software. They still have a bunch of trials that they have to deal with. Uh, they have a, a attack by Smartmatic, which is coming after Fox News. And there will be continued debate, but that debate will not involve the Tucker Carlson show on air, except as history, because Fox is still responsible for the kind of stuff that they broadcast. This is the way it was announced on Fox News by Harris Faulkner uh, this morning. And uh, this morning, apparently Friday, when Tucker Carlson appeared on his show, it is the number one rated show on cable TV news. Sometimes, by the way, it is exceeded by The Five, which is also on Fox, of course. Five is still there. Tucker Carlson, not there. This is the way it was announced by Harris Faulkner on Fox News. Listen. We have some news from within our Fox family. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have mutually agreed to part ways. Tucker's last show was this past Friday. And starting tonight, Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be an interim show with rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. We want to thank Tucker Carlson for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a long-term contributor. Uh, okay, she sounds a little bit mournful. Also, the idea that, that this was mutually agreed upon, multiple sources say it was not mutually agreed upon, that uh, Tucker Carlson's departure was not voluntary. 
the way that this is described in the uh, news bulletin from CNN, of course, a competitor of uh, Fox News, uh, they say Fox News and Tucker Carlson, the right-wing extremist, they call him, who hosted the network's highly rated 8 p.m. hour, have severed ties, the network said in a stunning announcement today. Today's shocking announcement that Fox has parted ways with Carlson appeared to come abruptly. Just prior to the network's announcement, Fox had been promising on its uh, air a Monday night interview by Carlson with GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. I guess just too explosive, the... <laughs> the interview with Ramaswamy. I mean, he's an interesting guy. Uh, I think the likelihood of him being uh, the chief competitor to President Trump, which is the way that he announced himself at uh, the Faith and Freedom Conference in Iowa over the weekend. Uh, good luck, Vivek. Not yet. Uh, on Carlson's Friday show... Uh, the host had and concluded the program saying, we'll be back on Monday. He said that as he was uh, uh, enjoying some pizza on air, which is a great way to say goodbye. But it's not only Tucker Carlson who is out. Over on CNN, and uh, much more openly acrimonious, the firing after 17 years of Don Lemon. And uh, Don Lemon, does this have to do with uh, the what he said about uh, what were held to be misogynistic, anti-female comments about Nikki Haley when he said that uh, Nikki Haley was past her prime because she was 51 years old? <laughs> if she's past her prime at 51 years old, how's uh, Joe Biden doing at uh, 82? Uh, actually, he's only 80 now. He will be 82 when he uh, runs for re-election. We'll have more on that coming up. Uh, this is the, uh, the, the way that uh, Oliver Darcy over at CNN uh, announced live on the air that, guess what? No more Don Lemon. Sayonara. Clip 13. Some shocking news again. John, in the world of cable news, uh, Don Lemon and CNN have parted ways. This is according to a memo that was sent out to CNN employees uh, just moments ago. I'll read to you part of it, John. Uh, actually, most of it. It says, CNN and Don have parted ways. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well, and we will be cheering him on in his future endeavors and then it goes on to say that uh, the network is committed to the morning show seen in this morning, which, of course, is hosted or was hosted uh, by Don Lemon, as well as Caitlin Collins and Poppy Harlow. Now, this statement is coming from CNN CEO Chris Licht. It does not detail what happened, why, what led to uh, Don's departure. But uh, Don Lemon is no longer with uh, CNN, according to this memo that just went out to CNN employees. And while there is no statement officially from uh, from uh, Tucker Carlson, there is from Don Lemon. He said, uh, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. Uh, and uh, this is uh, the idea that you will be forever a member of the CNN family. What... Uh, 
what they in, include in USA Today, which has a uh, lots of connections with CNN, by the way, uh, over at USA Today, they they compiled a list, a history of Don Lemon's offensive commentary. Now, of course, you see this on a page, right? Your eye goes right to it. What did he say that was so offensive? I mean, certainly the thing about uh, women uh, being uh, past their prime at age 51 is kind of offensive. Uh, in December, Lemon got into a tiff with his co-host about compensation in soccer. He argued that the U.S. men's national team members should be compensated more than their female counterparts, according to the Daily Beast. Why is that so offensive? Uh, they are, they earn more money. Why should they not be uh, for in the sport? Men's soccer earns more than women's soccer. Okay, that's supposed to be offensive. That got him fired. In September, Lemon drew criticism for asking political commentator S.E. Cup if she had mommy brain after she appeared to, appeared to lose her train of thought while speaking on a panel. And then in 2014, Lemon suggested to actress Joan Tarshis, who alleged Bill Cosby sexually assaulted her during an interview, how she might have avoided being raped. Um, all of uh, these statements, probably not the most gracious way of communicating, but uh, being gracious communication, how will the Biden announcement look tomorrow? And what does it mean? Coming up. On the Michael Medved show, uh, a day of firings, uh, Don Lemon uh, speaking out more clearly than Tucker Carlson, though they're both gone. And in both cases, according to sources, unanimous sources, who are close to the respective networks, CNN for Don Lemon, Fox News Network, of course, for, uh, for Don Lemon, the, uh, the the departures were not jointly agreed to. Uh, they were not voluntary. They were abrupt. And uh, Don Lemon said in his tweet, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. After 17 years at CNN, he wrote on Twitter, I would have thought that someone in management would have the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work I have loved at the network. It is clear there are some larger issues at bay. With that said, I want to thank my colleagues and the many teams I have worked with uh, for an incredible run. They are the most talented journalists in the business, and I wish them all the best. Okay, well, that's gracious. A Variety had run an expose on April 5th, and this might have something to do with it. It was under the heading Don Lemon's misogyny at CNN. Don Lemon is gay, of course, and uh, and openly, proudly gay. Um, I believe he is either married or he he lives with his significant other. But um, uh, they 
put in their uh, expose on April 5th, Don Lemon's misogyny at CNN, and then the subheading was exposed, malicious texts, mocking female co-workers, and diva-like behavior. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that uh, on the one, two, three occasions I've been on with Don Lemon, uh, it just seemed normal and professional. And uh, and Don actually Don Lemon asked reasonable questions and uh, was part of a decent conversation. Uh, but that's very limited experience. And part of what is going on here is, and, and this apparently is the case for, uh, for Tucker Carlson as well, there's a woman named Abby Grossberg who formerly worked for Maria Bartiromo, and uh, then she was shifted over at Fox to Tucker Carlson. And she has brought a number of very prominent complaints, all kinds of uh, complaints and um, <laughs> not not everybody is mourning the departure of Don Lemon not everyone is mourning the departure of Tucker Carlson but Don Lemon uh, there is this commentary see if you can guess where this comes from good news the dumbest man on television Don Lemon has finally been fired from fake news CNN my only question is what took them so long now, who would have said such a thing? Uh, Donald J. Trump. Uh, that's uh, the most recent truth that he has unleashed from his uh, uh, truth media. Um, the uh, Going on, uh, they have contributed in terms of Don Lemon's departure from CNN after 17 years. Uh, this is a flashback of his comments about Nikki Haley and her being past her prime because she had uh, reached the age of 51. This is a Don Lemon, former host on CNN. Listen. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that... I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's not Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime so for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got it. I'm not saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that we, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking about prime for being president? What the facts are? Google it. Everybody at home, when is a woman in her prime? It says twenties, thirties, and forties. And I'm just saying, Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime, and they need to be in their prime when they serve, because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google. Okay, uh, very awkward and uh, and foolish, given the fact that uh, when you look at the American leaders, uh, in, including female leaders who have uh, done the most, accomplished the most, uh, achieved the most in 
politics or leadership or business uh, work or you name it. Uh, look at Margaret Thatcher and uh, uh, look at Golda Meir, Prime Minister of Israel. Uh, they were both over 51 when they were very much in their prime and were very successful leaders of their countries. And uh, when you look at, I, I mean, look, I think it's safe to say that at 89 right now, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein may not be completely in her prime. But even so, isn't it better to avoid those conversations? Uh, though it's impossible with uh, uh, the President of the United States, the 80-year-old President of the United States, announcing his candidacy for a second term. At the end of his second term, he'd be 86 years old. And uh, this has produced stinging commentary by both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, basically asking Joe Biden not to run. Uh, meanwhile, one last comment on uh, the relationship between the departure of Tucker Carlson, the number one rated show over recent years at Fox, the departure of Tucker Carlson following so quickly, just by less than a week, the settlement, one of the biggest defamation settlements ever in the history of American jurisprudence, $787.5 million. That's a great deal. And when you look at some of what uh, Tucker Carlson had been selling, some of it is very dubious material that he didn't really believe or believe in. Uh, some of it about the so-called stolen elections, some of it about the so-called peaceful patriots purge with... Uh, what what was happening on January 6th. Remember, he did a, an, an entire special on that, claiming that they were just sightseers, the people who broke into the Capitol building and injured 140 police officers and sent them to the hospital. Uh, we will get to all of that and to the upcoming indications. Maybe, just maybe, there will be a Democratic Party challenger to Joe Biden. And who would that be? We'll get to that and more on the MedVed Show. MedVed. What? Your cultural crusader. Like, what? And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, Howard Kurtz, uh, who uh, has worked on CNN, he is uh, now with Fox News, and as the media commentator, uh, uh, an outstanding reporter on media subjects, uh, Howard uh, um, made uh, the obvious concession that the defamation case for $787.5 million that Fox was made to pay uh, through their settlement, they agreed to pay, uh, to Dominion Software, that that uh, had been embarrassing for the network and may in fact have had some direct connection with the departure of uh, of Tucker Carlson, but we will 
surely hear more about that as time goes on. Here is what uh, Howard Kurtz had to say on Fox, uh, clip one. Let's be clear. I'm not defending what was dribbled out by Dominion showing a gap between what some at Fox were saying publicly and privately. It's been embarrassing. But Fox was also fighting for the First Amendment, which actually applies to liberal news outlets as well as right-leaning ones. In the end, both sides had incentives to settle. With help from a secret mediator on vacation on a Danube River cruise, the Washington Post reports. Fox wanted to avoid a parade of high-profile witnesses, and the judge had gutted most of its plan to Defenses. Dominion might have lost and gotten zero, in part because it had to prove Fox acted with actual malice, a very high bar for plaintiffs. And what's been the impact of this difficult chapter on Fox News? It was, last week, once again, the highest-rated network on basic cable. Okay, just one uh, adjustment there, and it's necessary, is under the Sullivan decision, which is based on a 1964 New York Times versus Sullivan case, uh, it's either you have to show actual malice or a reckless disregard of the truth. And uh, the reckless disregard of the truth was recognized even in some of the text messages and group communications uh, with Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram that Tucker Carlson was engaged in. Uh, he was saying things and promoting themes on air that he knew to be ridiculous and, and completely untrue. And that, it seems to me, if, if you want to talk about the the most basically embarrassing situation, the idea that there are people in the media who are saying what they think you want to hear rather than what they actually believe to be true, who are saying things they know to be ridiculous and groundless and without substance, that that's extraordinarily dangerous. And, and defending that ability to say things that you, you know to be untrue with reckless disregard of the truth, with malice of some kind, attempting to do damage to people and their reputation, defending that is not defending the First Amendment. Because the First Amendment does not outlaw the idea of defamation. Uh, and defamation is hard to prove. It's much harder to prove in American jurisprudence and American law than it is over in Britain or Australia or in other Commonwealth countries or most other countries of the world. And, of course, it's a good thing that it gives us a lively free press that it's not easy to, to sue people for defamation. And what's fascinating about all this is that with uh, the, the people on Fox News who misled the country uh, on this issue of Dominion software and the voting machines and the machines that uh, uh, somehow, because of involvement with Hugo Chavez and Marxism, they had the machines that were switching votes from, uh, from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The, the idea is that when it comes to this notion of trying to make it easier to win libel cases, that's something that President Trump talked about in his first campaign that he promised to do, and it's something he talked about in this campaign because he believes that the news networks or fake news networks 
and he would like to see them. And fortunately, the settlement with Fox did not make it easier to pursue uh, defamation cases. And the requirement that you still need that reckless disregard of the truth or actual malice is very important, and it's important for the country. It's also important for the country when uh, we have a president running for re-election. We do. The announcement's supposed to come tomorrow. It's supposed to be a tape. This is the way it's reported in Hotline, is President Biden and his team are right now preparing to announce his re-election campaign tomorrow, and they plan to release a video to coincide with the four-year anniversary of his 2020 campaign launch. Despite heavy concerns about his age and his lackluster approval ratings, Biden has won the full support of his party, granting him a clear path to the Democratic nomination. After Democrats won more races than expected in the 2022 midterm elections, actually gaining a seat in the Senate, uh, any energy to challenge Biden quickly dissipated. The left has stayed in line, even as the president has lately made more explicit appeals toward the center. And would-be rivals have stayed on the sidelines, even those who are close to the White House have been surprised by how the party has coalesced around Biden. Some believe that Biden's 2024 campaign could amount to a $2 billion effort, including outside spending. And uh, Biden has announced that he is hiring the White House senior advisor, Julie Chavez-Rodriguez, to manage his campaign. She is the uh, daughter, by the way, of the very famous, um, uh, very popular, historic uh, leader of the Farm Workers Union, Cesar Chavez, who uh, uh, many people compared at the time to... The Chicano, the Mexican-American uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, I think that's overpraising um, Cesar Chavez. But uh, Cesar Chavez was mentioned in the long, the interminable announcement of candidacy speech by Robert Kennedy Jr., somebody else, famous second-generation individual, and one of the things that is shocking here is when you look at all the polls, there's no doubt that uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are by far the two most likely candidates. But what's amazing is America doesn't like it. There's an NBC poll that says overwhelmingly Americans are disappointed. Uh, they actually feel let down uh, by the idea of another rematch between Biden and Trump. And as a matter of fact, that NBC poll shows that 70% of the American public uh, responds to Joe Biden, whose announcement is going to be tomorrow, by saying, say it ain't so, Joe. They don't want Joe to run. They hope he doesn't run. They'd like to see somebody else. And also, there was a flash poll that took place right when uh, Robert Kennedy on Wednesday last week was announcing his candidacy for president. And it, the poll showed him uh, that of people who voted for Joe Biden last time, 
which of course was a majority. It was what, 52% of the American public. But of those people, 14% wouldn't vote him this time. They would vote for Robert Kennedy Jr. Now, does that mean that he's going to be a serious challenger? No, I don't think he will be. But could he help provoke a serious challenger? We'll talk about how that would work because I think it's important in looking ahead uh, when we come back on the Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, the Hill uh, publication uh, has a uh, brand new release about a brand new poll, which is extraordinarily revealing when you look ahead to the election that we have coming up, which uh, is going to be one of those fiercely fought, enormously expensive. You you heard before, they're assuming now that uh, Joe Biden could be able to raise $2 billion to run his campaign. I, I mean, it's, that's $2,000 million. That's an amazing amount of money and coming from both big donors uh, and from uh, ordinary Americans who send in their $5, their $10, their $25 to the candidates they favor. However, uh, those Americans, according to The Hill, reporting on a new NBC News poll, say most Americans in a new poll don't want former President Trump to run for the White House in 2024. And an even bigger majority don't want President Biden to run for re-election either, as he prepares for an expected campaign launch that could come as early as this week. It's scheduled for tomorrow. A uh, new NBC News poll found that 60% of all Americans think Trump should not try to retake the Oval Office, including a third of Republicans. 30% of those who think he shouldn't campaign in 2024 cite the many criminal charges he faces in New York, Georgia, and elsewhere as a major reason. Uh, okay, Th there is no way that uh, either of these two guys can win if, if these numbers are accurate, that there are a third of Republicans who would rather not see President Trump run for president again, who would rather see someone else and it doesn't have to be Ron DeSantis. I mean, it seems to me that part of what we've been hearing recently is with all of the mistakes and stumbles and uh, miscues that Ron DeSantis has made before he even became a candidate, and there's another one to do involving a bobblehead. But with all of that going on with Ron DeSantis, it's basically the idea, okay, well, if it's not going to be Ron DeSantis... There's nobody who's going to be able to challenge Trump effectively. What, what I'm thinking of with all of this is that uh, 
there there clearly will be a a spirited challenge at this point, and uh, a lot of that will be centered on the debates. The de- Republicans are already scheduled to debate in August, and uh, it probably will be a bunch of people up there on that stage. I don't know if if uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to make it or qualify for the debate, but there are people like Nikki Haley and probably Tim Scott, the senator from uh, from South Carolina, and uh, many others, including Ron DeSantis, if he decides to run, but we will see. Uh, the, uh, the numbers on this NBC poll, 70% of Americans think Biden shouldn't seek a second term, including... 51% of Democrats, in other words, the majority of his own party, would rather have another candidate. Uh, 48% of those who said he shouldn't run again cited his age as a major reason. And uh, now one of the other things that uh, people on the liberal side of things have used to turn on Biden is that since Calvin Coolidge, Calvin Coolidge was elected president. He was he became president when Harding died because he was the sitting vice president. But then Coolidge was elected in 1924, 100 years ago. And since 1924, no president uh, except for two has so infrequently held press conferences has so infrequently held press conferences. Who were the two who held even uh, fewer press conferences than Biden? Uh, Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon. And um, by the way, we should say that they were two presidents. Each of them, when they ran for re-election, won 49 states. So it didn't hurt them that they didn't, uh, that they didn't actually do a lot of press conferences. The uh, there's another Yahoo News YouGov poll that uh, said that 38 percent of respondents reported they felt exhaustion over the prospect of another Biden-Trump presidential race rematch. Do you remember the first debate they held and how incredibly nasty they were to each other? And what a loathsome debate it was, and how it was very tough to come away from that and say, hey, how can you vote for either of these two guys? Uh, but there could be more. In the NBC News poll, Trump still comes in on top of a hypothetical GOP primary field, a 15 percentage points ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who hasn't yet launched a bid as Republican primary voters' first choice. And 41% of registered voters overall said they would definitely or probably vote for Biden in the general election if he does run, including 88% of Democratic voters. In other words, in terms of holding on to the support of Democrats with all of the questions about the age and all of these questions and all of this the desire with 70% of the country uh, uh, people saying that they don't want 
to see Biden run. 60% saying they don't want to see Trump run. Trump still gets two-thirds of the support of Republicans, and Biden still gets close to 90% of the support of Democrats. Uh, what does that mean? We will find out. Uh, part of what it, it can mean is that with Robert Kennedy Jr. running, he spoke a lot about his father's campaign. I, I finally made myself do it. I actually sat down and I listened and I watched because this is the first serious uh, challenger to, uh, to President Biden. And once he's getting 14 percentage points and 10 percentage points in another poll, okay, he may get enough to actually be part of the debates when they come in three months. But the point about it was that Robert Kennedy Jr. was 14 years old when his dad ran for president in 1968. And he was with his dad during parts of the campaign. And he spoke about it, and it was me. It was uh, moving, and it was somewhat impactful. And part of what he obviously has in mind is he is thinking of that campaign, which was obviously one of the biggest experiences of life. It's a campaign in which his father died, and uh, part of what that campaign was about was Robert Kennedy delayed getting into the race. The uh, there had been a group called Dump Johnson that went around and was trying to recruit a candidate, and they re had recruited a very little-known senator from Minnesota at the time, Eugene McCarthy, to agree to run against President Lyndon Johnson in the New Hampshire primary. And McCarthy didn't win. He didn't even really come close to winning. He lost 60-40 in New Hampshire. However, he got 40% of the vote. And uh, literally five days after that New Hampshire primary, Robert Kennedy, who had said, no, I'm not running, decided, yes, I'm coming in to challenge uh, President Johnson. And uh, then the campaign went on. What I do believe could happen is in very early primaries or maybe even some of the early testing or debates, Robert Kennedy is not going to be the nominee. He's not going to win the Democratic nomination. But if he wins enough support to show that there is an open spot for somebody else to jump in, uh, today in particular, there's a reason to consider who that might be. And it could be uh, someone who also has a, something of an age problem. He's 71 years old. He's 10 years younger than President Biden. But could he be a formidable Democratic challenger? We'll talk about who I have in mind. We'll also be talking about Americans needing to get married younger and to give loneliness uh, a, a smack. Uh, we will get to that and more in this greatest nation on God.